Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on tuesday night it is november 7th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you for tuesday night titans episode number 21 joined by my co-host and very good friend andrew baydala what is going on man what's going on man how are you i am good i am good i got my coffee as always i'm sure you got your espresso and we got pro wrestling man what else do we need on a tuesday night there he is Absolutely nothing. We need absolutely nothing besides what we have, right? Absolutely not, man. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, I thought it was actually going to be a slow week. and ended up actually uh, piling on top of each other with the news this week. We got news of a major, major free agent potentially next March. Uh, Triple H has his eye on. We'll talk about Julia Stardom, New Japan standout coming over to the WWE. There was a little mix-up in the news we got news on CM Punk. We got news on the news that broke this afternoon with the CW now, the new home of NXT. We'll talk Ric Flair. We'll talk Survivor Series, AEW losing their identity. We're going to talk about it all because that's what we do here. We're the best duo in the game. He said it. I didn't. There you go. Anyway, man, how else you doing, man? You doing all right? I'm doing all right. I have a scratch cornea, but I am good to go. I wouldn't miss this show for the world uh, because, like I said, best duo in the game. And, I mean, I watch a lot of stuff uh, to see what people are talking about. And no. Nobody debates anymore. Everyone just nah. sits back and says, oh, yeah, and everyone's looking to kiss corporate ass <laughs> and everything else like that. I got no time for it. If I wanted to watch two guys or two girls like just love up on each other, I mean... It's real easy to find that. Now, what do you mean? What do you you mean, bro? Nobody debates anymore. Everybody's just, uh, you know, agreeing on everything. Nobody debates on shows anymore. Everyone's always like, oh, yeah, well, I understand. Yeah, like, that's a good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's no, like, back and forth. It's just, it's, it's, it's horrible content. I mean, the guys and girls who are doing it right are the people who are kind of doing it by themselves, truthfully. And they're just interviewing other stars. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. Uh, that, that, that's a whole another can of worms. You, you know how I feel about most of the community. Uh, th- there's a few people I keep within my circle. I think most of the content that's kind of regurgitated in the community is awful, but that, that's just me. That's why I'm so proud of this show. That's why, you know, working with you has been probably the best thing that I do all week. And a lot of the fans, a lot of the people in the chat seem to think so as well. So uh, you guys, thank you very much for all your support. The show's nothing without you. And uh, Drew and I love doing it for you. We'll continue to do it. And we got big hopes for this show. So we say it every week, but we're going to get right into what we got to talk about. I know you guys are here for the news. Follow us on social media first and foremost. At JD from NY206. That's on X. And at Andrew Baydala on social media as well on X. Uh, make sure you guys follow us there. We uh, are always giving our opinion on uh, all the hot topics as they break in the community. As always, man. I'm going to leave it up to you, man. What do you want to talk about? Well, 
I mean, listen, I know you talked about it on some of your other shows because uh, that's what you are. You're a content creator. But yeah. I really want to dive into this whole Ric Flair thing. Okay. Because I think from the get-go, I understood why Ric Flair was brought into AEW. It makes sense. He's going to be with Sting. He's going to be, you know, the verbal jousting with many stars on there. He could also help a lot of talent backstage and they could capitalize on his marketability. He being Ric Flair and the name, video games, toys, shirts, you name it. I get it. This isn't my first go around. But for you, Jesse, and some other people who really love this brand, and I am one of them myself, I really do love and enjoy AEW. This seems like the last move I ever thought AEW would make because it just doesn't fit their identity. And I want your opinion on Flair, obviously, on this show, signing with AEW. I Good for Rick for getting a contract, and good for Tony to be able to capitalize on his marketability. But I think there's a little bit more here, especially when Rick started going on a bunch of different shows and talking about how he, he he got clearance, he wants to wrestle. But for you, is this kind of one of the final nails in like the AEW identity coffin? Well, I, I want to start before we dive into the topic. I, I want to start with all of the uh, the doom and gloom on social media that I see from you know, the AEW hater brigade on social media, you know, every move that they make is one foot in the fucking coffin for AEW. They're not going anywhere. And uh, I think people are, you know, usually over-exaggerating their demise because that's what they do and that's what they live for. They got no fucking hobbies on social media. But this is not the end of AEW. My problem is, and, and you and I have discussed this, Jesse and I really went off on Wednesday night. They are losing their identity. And I don't know why this needed to be done. I get the reasons why you said video games, the, the, the toys, and all that other nonsense. Fine. I, I'm not stupid. But we started out with an AEW mission statement. And it was to be an alternative for pro wrestling fans, an alternative to WWE. Now, you and I both know, Drew, and you know very well that... AEW right now is not the alternative. They were the alternative when Vince McMahon was running the show. Now with Vince, you know, removed and it's somewhat official that he's taken, you know, a backseat role and Triple H is in charge of creative. I ask you, how can AEW maintain their identity when their identity was alternative to WWE? Now we're looking at them and they're more like WWE light with moves like this and Big Show and fucking Jeff Jarrett and his clown circus running around on Dynamite. How are they all, how are they the alternative now to Triple H when Triple H is probably doing and going to do better than what Tony Khan can come up with creatively? Well, that's for right now, right? Everyone yeah. has kind of seen the rise and fall of kind of NXT as well. Triple H was doing some marvelous things there and then all of a sudden it turned into where uh, you know, the the bloom was off that rose and everybody was kind of like, what? This sucks. But it happens. It's ebbs and flows, just like anything. I do think that what AEW is trying to accomplish is to appeal to a mass demographic. And I think that they're really trying to load up on names, talent that can help them secure a large media rights TV deal. You know, Flair is synonymous with Warner TBS. So is Sting. 
um, everything, you know, the superstation, it just goes hand in hand. I mean, without, with really without WCW back in the day, I don't know if the superstation even gets off the ground. So I say that to say this, um, I, you know, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. I get it. We talked about that last week. I think AEW bell to bell is still the best professional wrestling company on the planet, but I think we are starting to see maybe some winds of change here because I think AEW has really lost what built them. And they were the independent, I don't care what they're doing. We're not going to be sports entertainment. And they're starting to see that their audience hasn't grown. There's only so many times that you could run out the best matches. And now we're seeing them try to tap into the entertainment side and the big names. And I don't hate that, but realistically calling Ric Flair and doing anything else besides being in Sting's corner, maybe jumping on commentary or, or grabbing a microphone once or twice is almost too much. WWE used Rick as a manager and then pushed him out the door. I, well, I what is legs? What is his role? What is his role going to be on television outside this? I mean, I, you know, I g- know, given, given, Given Tony Khan's track record this week, you know, uh, you know, my trust in him has kind of, you know, taken a hit. And Big Show didn't do anything to really make me feel better about that or Paul White wrestling. I know it's a one-off, but, you know, again, perception is everything to me. You want to be an alternative, but yet we got Paul White out there. He can't even fucking stand on his own two legs and he's going to wrestle and be in the, in the ring in a match, the same match with Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. I mean, what am I in the fucking Twilight Zone? So that is, to me, biggest thing. Perception is key. Then we got Ric Flair, and with the announcement, I didn't mind. I said it on Wednesday when he debuted and he stood behind Sting. I didn't mind it. As long as he stays in the fucking shadows and he stays in the background, I'm fine with it. I even said, if you want to bring him in, and this was the plan anyway, to bring him in and manage Andrade, if it means Andrade getting on TV, uh, that, that's that's a talent I want to see more of on AEW television. If that was going to get him on television, great. You know, Father, uh, father-in-law, son-in-law. Great. I love it. That should have been yeah. the thing. But they, I, but they stopped that because of the whole fucking documentary that came out or the, the Dark Side of the Ring thing that came out on the plane ride from hell. So Tony Khan basically said, listen, and, and he's close with Ric Flair. I love you, man, but I, I got to distance myself until this thing fucking dies down. Which makes sense. And I want to say this. AEW does very, very right and well by their legends. They and do. Look, they do. Look, I mean, WWE didn't get a microcosm out of what AEW got out of Sting, okay? So let's just end this debate. I think AEW, Steve Borden, Sting, and Tony Khan, and the whole run that he's had has been special, and it's been great for Sting. But Ric Flair cannot wrestle another match. We saw his last match, and it was a tag match. It is over. It is done with, and we need to move on. And... I don't mind what they're doing with Rick if it's going to be, you know, a one-off managerial type of stuff, but it's a four-year deal. It's a four-year deal that I understand it's going to be like, you know, uh, the energy drink and everything else like that, and it pays itself. That's great, but what are you looking to get? And I'm not mad at Rick. Go get paid. But what are we looking to get out, out of Rick? How much are you going to squeeze out of that rock? And that's what, and imagine trying to do that. People online are going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? How do you, you can't squeeze anything out of a rock. And that's it. Rick has been squeezed, in my opinion, for majority of all he's worth. 
Look at look at AW television. Ric Flair made the news, uh, especially after that terrible dynamite that was on Wednesday. Paul White on TV. I love Edge. One of my favorites of all time. Adam Copeland, love him, but he's he's in his fifties, you know, and he's going to be one of the biggest stars on television. I have nothing you against don't want him. This debate. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to. Copeland. I mean, they're not even. It's look at Collision. When bro, Punk Collision. Yes, Collision uh, sucks. But Punk was wrestling every other Saturday. I love Adam Copeland. Great to my kids. Was one of my favorite superstars. Great to me. But I will, I'm going to say this. I mean, Adam understands at this point in his life, in the ring, he can't go every week. He'll show up, but he's not wrestling every week. That, that's fine. I don't want him to wrestle every week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to appear more special when he does wrestle, when he doesn't wrestle every week. Punk... I get they're paying $5 million plus. They need to get a return on their investment. He's the star of the fucking show. I get it. Face of the company. You know, so, you know, it, it's not really, it's not really a, a great comparison there. But my point is, Ric Flair, Big Show, Edge, Christian doing literally the best work of his fucking life. One of my favorite parts of the entire program is Christian Cage. Then you got Jeff Jarrett and you got Billy Gunn holding fucking trios championships. I mean, in the main events of Dynamite with the world champion. Like, what, what, are, what are we doing? Like, I get you're running through matches, and I get what you said, that Tony Khan maybe figured that these dream matches aren't really generating a new audience. You know, I'm going to need to do something more than cater to my hardcore fans to build this company to maybe get some more backing from, from, yeah, from more casual, some more backing from Warner Discovery. I don't know, but going that route, bro, I mean, I don't want to see a 60-year-old Billy Gunn on my television in the main event of a Dynamite in 2023. That's the completely wrong way to look at it. I, If it makes sense, I have no problem with Billy Gunn in the main event, and I thought that match made sense. But to your point, I don't think, and Billy looks better than 90% of the roster, no offense. Um, but I will say this, I AEW needs to really take a hard look at themselves and understand that there is their hardcore fan base demographic is there and it's going to stay there. But when you, you don't need to go get the likes of flair and Paul white and everything else like that, these type of stars, I know that they bring a lot to the table in terms of, um, you know, marketability and everything else like that. But when you look at this company, they lost Cody Rhodes and they had to fire CM Punk Phil Brooks in a matter of, what, two years back-to-back? Back. And you and I have talked about that extensively. We, we both feel, I don't know if you feel the same way, but firing or, or firing CM Punk was a major blow and the show has not felt yeah. the same. But letting Cody go and walk into WWE, I, I feel like most of their identity went with him. I think Cody was destined to go there anyway yeah. to WWE. I don't think Tony stood a chance in hell. I mean, he could have outbid WWE by millions, and I think Cody was going to WWE to fulfill the legacy and the promise and everything else that he wants to, you know, finish the story that he wants to do, he being Cody. But I really do think that Cody and CM Punk, Phil Brooks leaving AEW, the way that they, they left, both of them, has really sent them AW into a tizzy, and I, they they rebounded very nicely when Cody left with Phil and and CM Punk, but now it just seems like with the both of them being gone, they don't know who to turn to, and they're signing guys and girls left and right who really cannot cannot give them what they need, and what they need is a giant shot in the arm, and there's not many people out there that could do that anymore. No, there, there is, there is absolutely nobody. Which, in turn, 
I know this is probably going to lead to Tony Khan going all out for Will Ospreay. And even if he does go to AEW, he's still not the answer. And Tony Khan's going to absolutely overpay for Will Ospreay. He's going to make out like a fucking bandit uh, in the negotiations. Do you think that Will will care about... This is a great topic, too. And it was something I was going to bring up at the end of the show. But do you think Will will care more about money? Or will Will care about being in completely sold-out buildings, high ratings, all that other stuff, and having the feuds that maybe he wants? Because I'm torn. Because I would agree... Six months ago, I would have agreed with you. I'm not sure right now where Will lands. I I don't know. I I don't know the man uh, himself... But from what I gather, and this is just a stab in the night here, uh, you know, in my opinion on Will Ospreay, I I know he is somebody that takes great pride in his work. And I know he wants to pride himself on being the best pro wrestler ever. And he's up there this year. Number one, you tell me he's number one, I have no problem. He's not my number one, probably number two. MJF, still my number one. But as far as priding himself on his work, Where is he going to get the most value out of that? It's probably going to be AEW. Cash is not going to be a problem. What I think it's going to come down to with Will Ospreay, and this was in the notes anyway because I know Meltzer said that WWE is absolutely in the running. No fucking shit. I like beer. Drew likes fucking beer. We're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to go to work. It's the same fucking shit. Water's Water's wet. wet, Yeah, Yeah, of course. They're not fucked. They're not interested in Will Ospreay. Give me a break. Can we hold on a second? AEW and WWE will be interested in every high-profile free agency until they are no longer companies. So yes. Shut the fuck up. Especially to keep those free agents away from each other. Yeah. WWE doesn't want nobody going to AEW and the same thing for AEW. They don't want nobody going to WWE. Right. But I, th- I think the thing with Osprey is I think it's going to fall on where he is going to, to be- basically benefit his lifestyle. I don't know if he wants to leave the United Kingdom. That's the, that's the only holdup in my opinion on this topic. I don't know if he wants to leave the United Kingdom. And if he doesn't want to leave the United Kingdom and he's got his life settled there, what's going to be the, the, the most opportunity for him to keep multiple doors open? That's through AEW. He'll be able to work AEW. He'll be able to work the Indies. He'll be able to go back to New Japan when he wants to. And he's not on the road 300 days a year with WWE. And I don't even know if they're going to be able to use him like that because, I, I mean, he's coming in a broken wrestler. Honestly. Yeah. You know, how much value are they going to get out of him? They're going to put him on the road for 300 plus days a year? Well, here's, I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to get upset or angry because it has really good purpose and meaning behind it. Sometimes you have to do things that make you uncomfortable. And Will Ospreay leaving the United Kingdom is probably something that makes him very uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, if you ever want to be truly successful, sometimes you got to be uncomfortable in a situation. And I say that because this show would have never got off the ground would have never happened if I listened to everybody else when they said, don't work with him. And I said, why? Because it'll ruin your possibility of ever working in the industry. And I said, you know what? I'm not buying it. He's going to make me uncomfortable. I'm going to make him uncomfortable. And we're going to become the best duo in professional wrestling sports entertainment. And here we are. And I don't have any regrets. And I never will. And I think will. For 21 episodes, have I made you look bad? No, no. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care what other people think because I know who you are. Yeah. I know the person you are. And I know what you do and I know how you do it. And some people might not like you, but you want to know what? If you, if you don't have haters, you're not popping. Yeah. Hate away. And to Will, to that point, if Will needs to be uncomfortable to best serve his career, that's what he should do. I How many matches has he had in AEW already? He's had some dream matches already. I don't know 
what I see the value in him going to AEW, but how many feuds has he already had? You could check a lot of those lists. I mean, he's already wrestled Omega. Uh, Danielson, Jericho. Jericho. Danielson's going to end up taking a a lighter schedule by the middle of next year. So, I mean, that match is probably going to be on the table if he does sign immediately. What else is there? Swerve, Hangman. I mean, who who else is there that we're going to get a match at Osprey with? I agree with you. Yeah, I just, again, that's where my thing is. Like, no one's going to outbid Tony, in my opinion. AEW, their money's long. It really is. That con money is long, but here's the thing. Like what, where is the most potential impact? No pun intended. He's not going there. Sorry, everybody. Oh God, I would eat my words if he signed there, but I just don't see it. But what is the most potential impact that Will can have on his career and meaningful fuse that he hasn't already done? He's basically kind of dipped his toe in the AEW waters and just been like, I, I've, I did this, bruv. Yeah. Now it's, but Seth, possibility of Roman. Gunther Styles. I mean, Styles. There's so many McIntyre, <laughs> so many accessible talent to him in WWE that he hasn't even touched. I'm not quite sure that AEW is a lock, and I think that if Will decides to go to WWE, that this AEW fan base is going to throw a hissy fit. They are going to really throw do. a hissy fit. They are going to throw a hissy fit. And the biggest proponent in Will Ospreay deciding where he wants to go. If Vince is in charge, if Vince was, if Vince was still in charge here, Will Ospreay is not even looking at it at WWE. He may be looking at their financials. He may be looking at you know what they have to say, but he's going to end up going with AEW. This is a wide open field of play here because Triple H is in charge, and Triple H has wanted him before he re-signed with New Japan, and now Triple H is back, hopefully landing Will Ospreay. Now, I do think that he's best served in WWE. I'm sticking with that. I know everybody with the AEW. Uh, Banner and the flag want to, you know, say uh, JD's on Tony Khan's nutsack one week and then Triple H's nutsack one week, another week. But I do think that he's best served in WWE because of the brand new landscape that he can create over there. Like you said, Drew, we've already seen him in AEW and there really isn't much to wet my palate there anymore. No, and, you know, Will can have a very successful career in AEW. I think that Jay White made the best career decision he could have made in going to AEW because I think... At this point, if he had signed with WWE because everyone, oh, lock, signed, sealed, and delivered, he's going to WWE, he being Jay White. I, I think he's lost in the shuffle right now. Jay White is in, you know, main event programs and having one of the best feuds in recent memory in AEW. I just think that we've already gotten that taste of Will in AEW, and I know there's a lot more to uncover, but realistically, the only thing that Will would need to do in AEW that he hasn't done already is feud with MJF and win the world championship. I, and I get it. You can, like, you can grab tag match yeah. box and all this other bullshit. I get it. But realistically, if you name the top five stars in professional wrestling right now, there's only one male wise. There's only one of those that are currently on the AEW roster. And that's MJF. Yeah. And the AEW creative landscape right now. And, and listen, before I even say what I have to say, you know, the MJF storyline with Adam Cole was great up until Cole's injury. Don't know where it's going now. They've obviously had to reroute plans. The Christian Cage and Adam Copeland thing, 20 years plus of pro wrestling storyline right there in Tony Khan's lap, I'm sure. Both of those things are going to end up getting us to where they need to go. But outside that, and keeping with the theme of Will Ospreay and creative and what's going to be more important to him, cash or creative, it's going to come down to creative because he's going to end up getting paid. And I don't think AEW is going to satisfy him creatively the way that other fans think that 
AEW is going to satisfy him. And, and it leads me to my next point. And I want to get back to a flare note here uh, because uh, we've kind of transitioned into all these different topics and it's kind of, you know, the same thing. They all lead into each other. What does AEW, Drew, have to do to get back into the, I don't want to say good graces of the fans, but to get back on track with being consistent and not leaving logic gaps all over the place creatively because we talk about Will Ospreay creatively. I don't think he's going to be, you know, better off there over WWE. And AEW's really kind of exposed themselves. And I don't really know what Tony Khan is doing or who he's working with. And I know there's a rumor going around that he's made Jimmy Jacobs his second in command, his right-hand man. And a lot of people don't really like Jimmy Jacobs. Some people do. He's been uh, notorious, uh, notoriously linked to the Festival of Friendship with Jericho and Kevin Owens. I mean, that's one thing. I don't know what else he fucking did in WWE. But if that's the case, maybe Tony Khan needs to distance himself away from people like that. Because as soon as he mentioned that, I feel like there's been a dip in quality on, in the creative side on AEW television. Well, to the Jimmy Jacobs point, I believe that, um, you know, he's done some some good things with WWE. Um, and, you know, I, isn't Pat Buck in AEW Yes, well? he's there too, yep. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. That's code SCRIPT50 at factormeals.com slash SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. Okay, well, Pat Buck is somebody that I would really, really lean into. And people, you know, in the chat or everywhere else might say, hey, Drew, why? Well, Pat Buck produced a lot of WrestleMania 38, the bigger segments, and he was... Pretty much him and Michael Hayes did that whole Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar stuff and the bloodline. So Pat was heavily involved, Pat Buck, with that type of stuff. And I think that was a major signing for AEW. What AEW needs to do, in my opinion, is stop catering to your niche audience. And that is the hardcore um, you know, professional wrestling fans. They can obviously have that. Look at what W and, and that's I know everyone, Drew, that's their identity. To a certain extent, yes, it is. And I'm not saying 
go away from it. I'm saying stop completely catering to it. Your selling point to a lot of these matches is this is the best wrestler versus the best wrestler. Cool. Awesome. What is the story? Because this isn't real sports. Is this a real, you know, uh, type of combat? Sure. These men and women are some of the best athletes in the world, bar none. Bar none. But wins and losses don't matter. There's no standings. And they don't crown a champion at the end of the year. And there's no seasons. It's open season 24-7. And I don't mean to get on a soapbox and rant. But when you just go out there, it's like if we're watching football and every three weeks we get Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow in a football game, we're like, cool, this is awesome. But what meaning does it have? At some point, the best versus the best will lose its meaning if there's nothing attached to it. This team's getting home field advantage. This team gets, you know, that that is why we enjoy sports. We enjoy professional wrestling for the stories and then the in-ring ability of both or however many performers are in the ring. It's moments and storytelling that live forever. And we cannot just go away from that. AEW is the, the best, some of the best professional wrestlers in the world, both male and female. And they're lacking storyline depth. And I feel awful for Tony because Adam Cole and Brian Danielson were really going to lend that type of storyline with the best wrestling into AEW. And unfortunately, they bought two wrestlers that have just not been able to stay healthy. And I feel for TK. And now he's got Edge and Christian, Copeland and Christian, doing some of the best stuff too. And MJF is just a, a rocket ship. But we need to get back to telling stories that I could sink my teeth into. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I agree with you on that. The standings, I, I think I agree with you most. I mean, it actually gave validity to matches on TV and it made the shit that you're watching on a weekly basis actually mean something. And, and I, I, I want to go over a few instances on what happened on AEW. And I know Jesse and I ranted on this pretty heavily on Wednesday. And I'm looking at the results from last week's show. We still have Ring of Honor shit on AEW Dynamite. I don't know why. The Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles were on the show. They were defended. Uh, the Hung Bucks defended them against the Mogul Embassy. They lost. And that forwarded the Swerve and Hangman page going into full gear uh, at the end of the month. Fine. Don't they have their own trio championships? Why, we, why do we have the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championships on Dynamite when nobody gives a shit about Ring of Honor? I'm Why is MJF defending the title against I, Daniel Garcia tomorrow? I, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. It's all leading into it. it it's, it's, it's so fucking frustrating. I, I, I want to strangle Tony Khan. I love the guy, but holy shit. This show sucks. I'm sorry. Six-man tag team titles. We got, we got our own trios championships on AEW television. They're on the acclaimed, and they're not doing jack shit with them. We got uh, Adam Copeland, like you said, loving everything he's done so far. We got Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange, Angelo Parker, against Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Why? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Then we get the Big Show out there, and we got Big Show punching Kyle Fletcher with the fucking WMD. I don't know who asked for this. Nobody wants to see it. Then we get Sheeta and Willow Nightingale, Drew. This, I know, I don't want to talk about women's wrestling in AEW because it's a shit show, but... I don't know if you watched Collision or know of what happened the week before on Collision. Willow was in a yesterday. Willow was in a fatal four way, you know, a week ago, not this past Saturday, the Saturday before that was in a fatal four way with Abaddon and whoever else was in the fucking match. Lost. 
Abaddon won because it's Halloween. She wrestled Sheeta on Collision. She lost against Sheeta. Willow was in that number one contenders match. So Tony Khan puts her in a women's championship match the following Wednesday after she just lost a fatal four-way number one contenders match. How the fuck do you get a championship match when you just lost a, a number one contenders match so, uh, four days ago? <laughs> what a what a unique talent Abaddon is too, and they have just kind of. I mean, I may, may I haven't watched a ton of her stuff, but when she hit the ring, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, I'm, who is this? Like it's it's different, and they're just not using that as well. Um, but I listen, MJF. I don't know what you thought of the MJF stuff on Wednesday, man. I thought they made MJF look fucking weak, dude. I don't. Like that, that 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 might might have been the weakest MJF has looked, and I don't know if he has a say in what he's doing. I'm sure he does, and I don't want to be too hard on him because mostly everything he's done has been fucking spot on. But mm-hmm. Tony Khan and the creative team, I, I don't know where they thought it was a good idea for MJF to act like a desperate pussy throughout the entire show, and then end up teaming with the acclaimed when you and I talked about this literally last week. Samoa Joe, Kenny Omega, and Wardlow were right there. That played into the story a lot more than the fucking acclaimed and Billy Gunn, and they opted not to do it. Then at the end of the match, he loses. He doesn't get his championship back because Jay White still has it. And then he scissors at the end of the show, and we're supposed to go off the fucking show with a happy ending. Meanwhile, the guy's without his fucking title, and he's acting like it's okay. What am I watching here? That's not MJF. Please tell me you were fucking pissed off about that. I don't know. I mean, I... So... You know, I, a lot of people were like, how can you have MJF beat Kenny on collision yes. and then have him take an L yes. in the middle of the ring on dynamite? And I think, again, it's professional wrestling. So, like, the two, like, just calm it down, okay, with that. But I would agree. Like, when Stone Cold Steve Austin, for example, have his had his title stolen uh, in, I want to say it was, like, 98 or 99, he wasn't happy-go-lucky and, you know, doing this and doing that. He was friggin' mad. Yeah, he wanted his championship back. He was kicking ass to take it, and I—that's what I needed to see at MJF. MJF should have banged down Tony Khan's door and been like, "Can you get my tit- my championship back? And if you can, I'm taking matters into my own hands, and I'm going to turn this bitch upside down, or have him sit in the middle of the ring and be like, this show's not starting, it's not finishing, it's not doing anything until Jay White and his clowns come out here and give me my championship back, or I'm going to take it from him." And that could be the whole story. The whole show revolves around that. I just don't understand why MJF is happy or anything else like that. That I get. That would that that would piss me off too. So I understand your point is valid there. But I think people making a big deal about, well, I can't believe MJF lost clean in the middle of the ring after beating Kenny. Those two things really, I mean, come on, come the fuck on. Let's move on from that. It's wrestling. Okay. Then we got collision. And I want to I want to get into this dynamite card on Wednesday, mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Then we got collision. Darby Allen wrestled. Lance Archer, who we haven't seen on TV in God knows how long. He makes uh, one appearance every six months. Darby is fucking banged up. He's he's absolutely injured from the Christian Cage match at Wrestle Dream. He's not recovered from that. He's got fucking tape. And last time we saw him, he had a cast on his arm. He beats Lance Archer, fresh Lance Archer. Like, really? I mean, you want you want to fucking have this match take place, and then you want to you want to make me sit there and think that Lance Archer can't beat 150 pounds soaking wet Darby Allen, who's already got one arm dangling off his fucking body. I mean, holy shit! And then we yeah, got they- Jay- then we got Jake Roberts coming out with the Righteous, and nobody explains how Jake Roberts all of a sudden is now aligned in a new stable with the Righteous and Lance Archer. No explanation. Like, and then people tell me, "Oh, you, oh JD, you got to watch the show. It's great." How the fuck is it great? We got no explanation on this creative. 
Yeah, I would say that the the whole narrative of oh, you got to watch the show. We've all wa- we're all watching the show, but I'm here, there, and everywhere on some of these shows, and I I, I like just give me give me give me direction, okay? I don't like this. Isn't a who done it? Just tell me what I'm watching. Who who do I need to be watching that MJF is going to be having a, a title match with or where we're going with this or where the storyline leads? The only thing that they have really sunk their teeth into, I shouldn't say the only thing, there's a couple things, is Copeland and, and, and Christian, MJF and Jay White to a certain extent, and then the backs the backlog of, well, it's Wardlow, it's Hobbs, and it's all these other guys who are gunning for MJF's title. But other than that, I mean, they're here, there, and everywhere. I, I, like, I give me some backstory. Why is this happening? And don't tell me to go watch a, a freaking YouTube clip. I'm investing my time into your television product when it's on the air. And, and you put it on the air. And, and you five minutes ago said, "Did you see that dynamite card, bro? This dynamite card. I don't know what the fuck fans are excited about, but none of this card." It is a continuation of what we saw last week. It's like a brand new set of fucking matches with no story. Why is MJF defending the title against Danny Garcia? Number one. I have no idea. Why is Mark Briscoe wrestling Jay White? Something that happened on Collision. I don't give a fuck. Mark For a Brisco- number one contenders match too, right? Yeah, and it's a number one. Yeah, it's an eliminator match. If Jay White loses, Mark Briscoe wrestles MJF at the fucking pay-per-view. I'm like, I'm like does anybody truly believe that's going to be the case? What the fuck is with the predictability? Swerve versus Penta. Red Velvet, who I haven't seen all year against Julia Hart. I don't give a shit. And then another Ring of Honor championship match, TV title, Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee. Everybody's banking on big men, meaty men going at it in the main event. That's great. I'd be happy if Keith Lee was on fucking television. Who Like, that's what you're going to bank the fucking show on being good on? None of these matches guys, make sense. I guess you guys are easily entertained by giant men beating the shit out of each other. I mean, I get it, but I mean, like, if... Again, I think we need to stop booking towards the IWC. I you, like we know AW appreciates you guys. I get it. So does WWE to a certain extent. But I think what's made WWE so successful over so many years is that they didn't cater to a a, a vocal minority on the internet. They just they did they they looked at the numbers and the data and they and Tony. You are such an analytical genius, numbers man. What are we doing here? He's what an, are we doing? He's an analytical genius, but he can't fucking flow one show into the next show, into the next show. We got multiple different shows with different storylines happening on a weekly basis. It's like we're opening up a, a, a brand new can of beans every fucking day, every week. Like, yeah. holy shit. What are we doing? Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I I want Warner Media to Warner Discovery to give AEW a TV deal so that maybe we could see them get back to what they were good at and you know deliver better storylines instead of trotting out legends to try and pop a number or including legends to try and pop a number. That formula is archaic. I mean, it 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 didn't even it started to not work with WWE when they would do raw homecoming and legends raw and stuff like that. Like unless they put Steve on that show, I'm sorry, but Sean and Hulk weren't even drawing big numbers because they were going head to head with, you know, football and stuff like that. Like it just needs just do what you 
need to do. And that is be the profession, the best professional wrestling company on the planet and give us storylines. It's not hard. It's really not. Now you've got a bloated roster, then move on from some of these guys and girls. Yeah. Uh, or, or split the rosters between both shows so that everything doesn't feel so convoluted and you can have separate storylines for one show, one show and then separate storylines for another show. J.D., the collision experiment is, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Like, uh, the show is absolutely worthless to me. Like, I feel fucking genuinely empty when I watch the show because there's nothing there anymore. There and isn't. It was, it was for Phil. It was for CM Punk. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, you know, the devil could be CM Punk. Let me tell you something. If the devil is CM Punk, I will come on here Buck naked. You won't see anything because I'm because <laughs> I'm only from here down. But I'll have my shirt off. I mean, I, and, and I'm just saying it just it, I don't the way that Tony handled the the releasing of Phil Brooks CM Punk, if this is a work, greatest work in professional wrestling history. It, it could very well be. I don't think he's the devil, but uh, you know, some people tend to think that he is the devil. Um, there was a report saying that uh, injuries have derailed some of what we talked about, Drew, with AEW. Uh, injuries to Moxley, injuries to Cole, injuries to Brian Danielson. I know those are three huge names, but they are not solely to blame. The injuries to those men are not solely to blame with everything else that just seemingly has just gone on television and not made any sense. I mean, I'm not placing the blame on that. I'm not. That's just the cheap a cheap way out. That's an excuse for AEW to use. I'm sorry. I, yeah. It's I I it's hard for me to even like want to get into this discussion because I don't know. Melter Melter said it was a domino effect based on those three injuries. Sure thing. I'm not. I I don't believe that whatsoever. Listen. All right. I love John and Renee. Great people. But I will tell you this right now. John Moxley gave everything he possibly could to AEW. They used and abused the man. In my opinion. And now he is paying the ultimate price. And I understand that every time something happened with a star or somebody got hurt, they leaned on John Moxley. And I get it. It was the right call. Mox is a dog. But sometimes you got to let that man breathe. Yeah. And they didn't. And now, now Mox is hurt and bad. And it could have been really, really bad. And... Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, those are both unfortunate injuries. But just like in football, Tony, you have a, a Jacksonville Jaguar team that you, you know, help run. It's you got to have other players in positions. Next man up. Moxley was your guy taking sacks and sacks and sacks and sacks and sacks. Now all of a sudden he can't get up. Who's yeah. your guy now? Yeah. Moving on uh, to the Ric Flair thing. There was one piece of... Uh, Piece of news here coming from SAP uh, in regards to the deal that Ric Flair signed. And maybe Drew can elaborate on this a little bit more. I wasn't really familiar with this uh, story that they cited here. But a press release provided by AEW mentioned that Flair's Woo Energy Drink will be the official uh, energy drink of AEW. It will be on the announce desk. It will be in the locker room, so on and so forth. Sources close to Flair told FIFO that the deal was very similar to the deal that Randy Savage got when he went to WCW in the mid-90s where... Part of getting Flair was also producing a deal with the energy drink, and it would cover a significant portion, if not all, of Flair's salary in AEW. So my question to you is, Drew, it makes it sound like they aren't paying anything for Ric Flair services, but is Ric Flair's services going to be a detriment to their television show based on his reputation? First of all, 
We're talking about Slim Jim versus Ric Flair's energy. <laughs> Yeah, yes, that's a, that's, I mean, a, that's a that's a that's a great observation. That's like talking about Disney and Bush Gardens, okay? And I got no problem with Bush Gardens or Adventureland for those of you who remember that in New York on Long Island. It's not even close. I mean, Savage. You know, how angry Vince was when Randy left WWE because he took that Slim Jim deal with him. He was it, fucking livid. Was he? He didn't come off on Monday. I remember that like it was yesterday. On Monday Night Raw, he said he wished uh, Randy Savage well in his... Uh... Bro, go back and watch it. I mean, yeah, he, he, was, he was professional. <laughs> Sit there in his tuxedo. Yeah, go back and watch it. It was like uh, Monday Night Raw in 94, yeah. right? Like November-ish yeah. or something. I remember it too. But Vince was sitting there and he was like, we could not come to terms on an agreement with the... I mean, it was painful for him, but he was a smart businessman and a gentleman and did what he needed to do because Randy gave a lot to WWE, but you could tell Vince was fuming, fuming back in his, in his own, you know, brain. And I, I, you could just tell, um, you know, uh, Savage at the height of his wrestling career. I want to say that the, the Slim Jim deal was like in 97 was netting him about $2 million from what I remember reading. Um, from what I remember reading from like Bischoff and all these other people who released stuff. And all of it was pretty much an endorsement deal from Slim Jim. This is completely different. I mean, AEW is grabbing Ric Flair's energy drink, but Rick, that, that brand is not as established as Slim Jim. It's not even close. No. I I I respect what they're doing, AEW, but this to me kind of almost signals like, hey, I just want to let everybody know you know, we're not going to be really paying Rick a ton of money. Uh, and I don't want it to make it seem like we signed a 74 year old man and gave him all this money and all this other stuff. It just seems like they're sweeping some things under the rug. That's just me. Well, it could, it could be, I would not, uh, find that to be uh, surprising if that news ever came out, but, uh, is this, is this move with him being on television? Hopefully it's a reduced role on television and it's not uh, a weekly thing. Uh, with Ric Flair, but is it going to be a detriment to TV? Because I know social media was up in arms about it. They were like, how can they hire him? And they brought up his past, you know, uh, history with women and his lifestyle and and all this other shit. So is it going to be a, a detriment to AW television and a detriment to Tony Khan for signing? No. no. Um, Ric Flair's just got to stay out of trouble, which I think at 74 years old or however old he is, somebody will correct me, he's probably 77 yeah. and a half whatever. Um, he'll have to stay out of trouble. And, you know, um, I think he will. This is pretty much his last payday, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but you know what happens when you assume. I, If they do it right, they could capitalize on it. But Rick, after Sting retires, you know, Rick should pretty much just be some sort of spokesperson for AEW. You know, he could yeah. do some autograph signings um, and some meet and greets, and he can, you know... Uh, you know, whatever he needs to do, let him do it. But I mean, the, the Ric Flair brand is ever evolving and it's, it's, it's a moneymaker, but you're not getting any more matches and any more um, high profile feuds with Ric Flair. It's done. And one last thing on the Ric Flair front, because I would not be who I am if I did not raise this question to you and to everybody else in the chat watching us. We have, uh, how many we got watching us tonight? We got 16. over 1600. Thank you guys very much. Is this move with signing Ric Flair, is it a uh, thought in Tony Khan's head that, hey, I got Ric Flair, 
I got Andrade. I knew it. Is this a potential to maybe lure Charlotte or Ashley Flair away from WWE when the time is right and dangle, hey, I got your father. Hey, I got your husband over here. Come on over. Is that uh, a possibility in the mind of Tony Khan? Um, Anything is possible, and I think that you would be an absolute moron not to try and sign Ashley. Yeah. That goes for any company. Charlotte Ashley is a once in a generational type talent and one of her best friends. I, well, I think they're, they're still close. Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks is signed, sealed and delivered to AEW. It's just a matter of when. That's that's uh, another big story that people are talking about. I actually, I might as well get into that now because uh, I did mention uh, Sasha three weeks ago or yes, you did. And uh, I, uh, I believe uh, every word that came out of your mouth uh, in, that, in regards to that situation. Uh, we might as well get into that, and then we'll save the WWE stuff for uh, after this. I, I know free agents is going to be big in, in 2024. AEW and, and WWE are going to have a field day with free agents. Will Ospreay is one of them. Becky's going to be a free agent. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, the list goes on and on. Those are just some of the biggest names. One of the biggest names that you might not know of or not familiar with, I don't know how familiar Drew is with her. I'm not really all that familiar, as I said today on the video I uploaded, but I have seen some of her work, and she wrestles exactly how I would want a female professional wrestler to wrestle. Julia, stardom, Bushi Road, New Japan. Uh, apparently, somebody in the community, it was a mixture of Sap and Mike Johnson, mentioning that Julia would be at the Performance Center uh, literally in the next couple of months. And then Melcher came out today and said that that's not going to be. She signed with Bushiroll till March, and nothing can happen until then. Now, I didn't know that this was going to be a story because everybody was talking about another Japanese female talent, Saray, who was with WWE, and then they, they let go or she left. Everybody was making a big deal about getting her back. I didn't really, I didn't really see the big deal on that. I mean, it's no fucking uh, sweat off my brow about that, but... Then we get to Julia. Now, are you looking at this as a potential big move for Triple H, Drew? Because I mentioned today that if Triple H is involved here and he's looking at Julia and he's looking at bringing Kyrie back, and he did. Kyrie was uh, at Crown Jewel. And we have all these other talented women on the roster. Jade has been brought in. Are, are, you, are you maybe thinking that Triple H is trying to correct one of the major wrongs with WWE under the Vince era? And that was the women's division and women's wrestling because it certainly looks like to me with this news, if he's really courting Julia, that he may potentially want to kickstart another revolution for women's wrestling in WWE. And there's no better way to do that than going out and getting somebody like this. Additionally, you mentioned Mercedes. Julia and Mercedes was scheduled to happen when she got back from injury. It almost seems like, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, but Triple H is bringing Japan and whatever Mercedes wants to the WWE, maybe with the mindset of, hey, you don't need to go out there and go venture off and do what you need to do. I'm going to bring what you want to do here to WWE. Is that a possibility there? Uh, I think that Paul Levesque, Triple H, um, has done a very good job of signing women's talent and really getting everything you possibly can out of them. So I think it would be an absolute travesty if Triple H didn't try and restock and refuel that division yeah. because uh, unlike the men, um, the women's shelf life is shorter at the top and the longevity of their career is shorter. And I get that a lot of them want to have families and they want to do things and all that other stuff. You know, there's always the exception to the rules. Um, but I think triple H has always had his eye um, on that type of 
talent in that division. And I think the best women's professional wrestling is in WWE, bar none. So why not? Go get the best if you possibly can. And if what I'm hearing and reading and seeing about the talent that WWE is supposedly interested in, I would try and sign her too. Yeah, uh, it's also a case of uh, AEW being interested in her. And I know uh, AEW had made some advancements to maybe use some cross-promotion there with the Forbidden Door to get Julia over into the States and wrestle for AEW. That did not work out the way that they wanted. Don't know what happened there. But uh, AEW will definitely be in on Julia as well uh, as she is potentially set to become a free agent in March. Um, Seeing with the ladies... Triple H brought in Kyrie and paired her with EO. Looks like we may see the end of damage control. What, what did you think of Kyrie being brought back at the Crown Jewel pay-per-view? I, I mentioned on, on my end, from my point of view, that it was maybe a terrible way to introduce her because, you know, women debuting or returning over in, in that part of the world might not be a big deal to those people, and it came off as such. Maybe he should have waited for something to happen on Friday to bring her back. I know we had to have her factor in the ending, which was uh, another story in its own right. We had four interferences back to back to back to back at the at the end of that pay-per-view. But what did you feel about Kyrie returning in that spot? How did you feel about it? And, and what do you expect out of her now that she's back in WWE? Uh, I enjoyed the return. I think WWE is, I mean, I understand they're doing record numbers uh, in live gate and live events. But realistically, they, you know, they're built for television. That's what they are and they're built for media and whether it was in Saudi or whether it was in Boston, I mean, I think the reaction would have been a little bit better in Boston, et cetera, et cetera, other cities and States, you can name it. But I think the return was well done. I think the eventual split of damage control is coming, whether it's Bailey and EO taking, uh, having a singles match at WrestleMania, or maybe the women are going to have a war games match. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's possible. So I, I didn't hate the return. I thought it was well done. And again, you know, there's a lot of other returns that are probably happening. So you really don't want that return to be lost in the shuffle. And WWE has done a really good job of doing that more recently. They're not just shooting all the bullets in the chamber. They're shooting one and letting it kind of settle. And then yeah. they'll do another one. So I, I didn't hate it at all. Yeah, I, I thought she looked great. Uh, I thought the elbow looked fantastic. Uh, the insane elbow, I missed that. Uh, I think she was a great talent. I think she was uh, undervalued and underutilized uh, when she was with WWE the first time. I know her and Asuka, Bailey and Sasha, they held that company on their backs during the pandemic era working out of the Performance Center. So uh, I'm glad to see her back. And I know that they aligned her with EO. Rumor is that Asuka is going to be joining them. They're all very close friends. And Reddit, this Reddit user Kermit, apparently, who's incredibly popular on that side of things, uh, he's like been a- the frog. Yeah, like the frog. Yeah, apparently uh-huh. he is an insider who's been incredibly accurate. Noted that after Crown Jewel, with Sane and Sky getting together, that they will be joined by another friend, and this friend is someone who no one will see coming, not even their closest ally. Now that could be Julia, that could be Oscar, that could be. Mercedes, that could be somebody that is not even with the company. They may be with Impact. They may be with MLW. They may be with somebody. I have no idea. They may be in stardom. We don't know, but uh, apparently that's the rumor as well. So we'll see what happens on Friday. But as you just said before, Drew, I do think that this is leading to a women's war games for sure. Yeah. I And again, I think that that's where we're headed. Um, I think the women deserve a war games. They're going to get one. Um, I, you know, 
I don't know who Kermit is. Um, Ribbit. But, you know, if he's uh, <laughs> spot on from his predictions or his spoilers, then good for him. Uh, Asuka makes sense. Some others make some sense. I'll, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Moving on, we're going to talk about this NXT stuff. But before we talk about the NXT stuff, uh, I want to lead in with this because this this was actually pretty fucking hilarious and quite pathetic, actually. And Eric Bischoff actually had the uh, the best comment about this. Th- this really makes people look down on the pro wrestling industry in general. And NWA, Billy Corgan, should mm. be absolutely embarrassed about what they did because... I don't know how anybody let this go through and okayed this for television, whether it was a TV show or pay-per-view. I don't give a shit. You don't do it. NWA's TV deal, Drew. Apparently, Billy Corgan was touting that he's with a top 20 TV network and NWA's on the CW. Apparently, their TV deal with the CW now could be in jeopardy because of a cocaine spot that they had at a previous pay-per-view. House of Wrestling reports that... Uh, their TV deal is in jeopardy. And now that there is an active push by those higher up at the CW for NWA programming to only air on the CW app instead of their TV channel. If this happens, it would be devastating for the promotion and could cause them to have less visibility than they do now on their YouTube channel. Apparently, what happened was Jim Mitchell was sitting at a table with women around him who were drinking alcohol and during the segment... It was made to look like uh, Mitchell was snorting cocaine off of a spoon and off the table before passing it around to everyone around him. I don't know. Uh, I know uh, you mentioned something about Billy Corgan. You got no problems with Billy Corgan or what NWA stands for or what NWA does. But uh, uh, what would you think about when you heard this story? Well, um, I don't, I, like believe, I, don't, I don't believe this is in the news, man, really. I, I like Billy, but I think this spot was dumb. Um, it's cocaine gate. It seems like you know they're going to lose some things here because of it. And uh, I, you know what? I understand the want and desire to be a little bit different or edgy and stuff like that. But realistically, we have entered into a very sensitive powder puff type of society. And you blowing lines on a pay-per-view is probably not going to fly. No. No? I mean... If I blew a line of cocaine right here on my desk, which I don't do, I don't do cocaine. I'm pretty sure I'd be canceled everywhere. So, I don't know, I mean, man. I think there's uh, there's a fellow podcaster in the community who was uh, who was actually uh, uh, accused of doing the same thing, and uh, he actually took a piss test to fucking prove everybody wrong, man. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> was so People are ridiculous, man. I swear I, to God. I will say this: I've. I continuously talk to Sean, um, and I'm not saying that just because I want to like be cool or anything. Like hey, look, that. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, what are you doing, Afrin? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, oh, Sean, I've been out with Sean. I've had dinner with Sean. I've been at a bar with Sean. Sean does not drink. You've been at a bar. He doesn't drink. I know. He doesn't drink, and he does not do drugs. Plain and simple. I, at least he never did drugs in front of me, but I can tell you right now that he has never drank in front of me. So. There you go. I mean, uh, don't do cocaine on your pro wrestling shows is the uh, mor- moral of the story. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Stay away see- from cocaine and hookers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or drugs. All drugs for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to get into the no NXT stuff. Dope. No, no. All right. Uh, Zach Morris, thank you. 
Um, <laughs> Billy Corgan apparently had a reality show as well. Drew House of Wrestling reports that a reality uh, a reality show was paid fully by uh, House of Wrestling reports that the reality show was fully paid for by Corgan. Not the CW, and Corgan was optimistic about the exposure from being on the CW, helping the company sell tickets, and apparently uh, the CW was in it for the reality series, and it would include Corgan's wedding. So it seems like CW got in bed with NWA because they simply wanted uh, Billy Corgan's reality series and uh, footage of uh, Billy Corgan's wedding. I don't know, is Billy Corgan that big of a deal nowadays? Like, Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Well, with the Smashing Pumpkins and everything, yeah, Corgan's still an yeah. icon, a legend. Yeah, Billy's and and the Pumpkins do you know good business, um, but I mean, I'm sorry, Billy, but the CW just upgraded, and they did, and they upgraded it big time. Apparently, NXT, yes, WWE NXT is now moving to the CW. And Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select has more news on this. It was announced earlier this afternoon. NXT was a major domino to fall in the rights fees. Updates as now NXT and SmackDown have new homes, which is surprising, Drew. NXT has CW. SmackDown has USA Network. And I find it very, very weird that Monday Night Raw is still in limbo and without a new home for 2024. And I was thinking about this before we hit the air. I'm wondering if... With that, before we get into the story, I wonder if the NBA has anything to do with that, that these networks want to nail down where the NBA is going to be, and then they'll worry about Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. Is that a possibility? TNT, mm -hmm. Warner worrying about that first, and you know maybe maybe kind of lending themselves to be interested in Monday Night or wherever I, Monday Night's going to land? I could say this. I do not think Warner Discovery will bid on Monday Night Raw, only because if they do that, then realistically, AEW is pretty much like that would be that would be interesting. I mean, how does Tony Tony would feel like the the adult at the kid table at Thanksgiving? Yeah. I can't sit with y'all now. Go get your shine. Well, box. it's it's not it's not more in the I I I, I guess I kind of reworded that or worded that wrong. I mean, USA Network apparently NBC Universal I believe is still in, in negotiations or that they they heavily desire the NBA. They want to get the NBA back on NBC. So maybe, may, you know, maybe, you know, they, they want to wait to see what happens with that before they fully commit to WWE is where I was going with that. Well, I think that the NXT entity was always going to be pulled away from NBCU. I said that the only way that I saw them keeping it was on Peacock. And yeah. that would make the Peacock destination, um, you know, something that was appealing to professional wrestling slash sports entertainment fans because it's consumable content that you can't get anywhere else besides Peacock. WWE really did themselves um, every favor you possibly could and, and really made that entity, that NXT entity, a powerful separate third brand by allowing main roster stars and attractions go to NXT, pump their ratings up, and the CW basically, this is what they could afford. The CW was never going to be in contention for Monday Night Raw. They were never going to be in contention for Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Friday Night SmackDown, which I believe will be moved to Tuesdays now. And I believe NXT will be moved as well. I truly believe that this is what the CW could have could afford. And the CW is composed of three owners. Uh, two of them are CBS, Viacom, and Warner Media. I don't think this signals anything that Tony Khan should be alarmed with. The alarm bell should not go off. But this is what the CW could budget for, and it's a win for them. They are going to get the likes of, I mean, who knows? Could Becky, Seth, 
the Judgment Day, uh, the maybe even the Bloodline minus Roman Reigns could all end up working some NXT shows, and the CW is going to pop a rating. Yeah. I could easily see NXT being moved either Thursday or Friday, uh, but I would say the most logical landing point is Friday um, right now. But I do not believe NXT will continue to be live on Tuesdays. I think that is going to SmackDown. And where Monday Night Raw goes, do not count out NBC Universal from owning both Raw and uh, That was my next line of questioning. I was going to say, do you feel like with NXT now moving? Because I, I remember reading that Raw and NXT were a package deal. They were looking to package both of them on the same network. Is NXT moving to CW now going to leave Monday Night Raw in limbo? And is it, is it a possibility with this move that they might not land on USA Network? So, I yeah, I shot that down immediately. I said that if Raw was the first domino, that you could get NXT maybe on a sweetheart deal if you, you know, and what that means is that you take, you give, they take a little bit less money, they being WWE TKO, um, on the NXT side of the media rights because that somebody overpaid for Monday Night Raw. The plan all along was to get NXT that type of money, and they doubled their last investment, if not tripled. We don't know the final number, but I, I'm pretty sure when I was listening to the earnings call, they said they doubled the uh, initial what they had from uh, NBC Universal, which USA is a part of. Yeah. So, I mean, good golly, you know, to to not to not sound like very cheesy, but that's a lot of money. And my WWE did really good business here, so you can't hate on it. But I the the whole thing of well, Raw and NXT are going to be a package deal. That was only happening if somebody really overbid for Monday Night Raw. I know the plan all along was to get NXT their own media rights deal, and that is done. With Monday Night Raw, uh, we don't know where they're going to end up. Uh, I would like for them to stay on Monday. I, I feel like we'd be living in a twilight zone if they're not on Monday. I mean, it's the flagship show. And again, I find it really weird that the flagship show is the last show to, to nail down a TV rights deal, but th there may be other factors in play that we don't really know for sure of. But like you said, Drew, Monday, Tuesday, Raw, SmackDown, is it that far-fetched to think that WWE puts the, with, with the CW, they, they reach 100% of the households here in the United States, and, and USA Network reaches 75 million homes within the United States. So obviously, there's more exposure on the CW, in from what what the numbers tell me. Is there sure. a, is there is there a possibility that WWE could say, "Hey, with this more exposure, let's put it on Wednesdays and have it compete against AEW." Is that a possibility with Monday, I, Tuesday, and Wednesday, with the way that you sure. described it? You know, the production uh, reason mm -hmm. for them to do three straight days. Well, NXT is done out of the Performance Center, so I mean, the, the production kind of stays. They don't have to travel. There's no really cost. Um, you know, effect to that. When WWE does Monday Night Raw, talent, you know, uh, load in, load out, normally arrive on Sunday, then they're out Tuesday morning for the most part, and then the talent flies back, the trucks, everything else like that, the producers, the um, stagehands, all of the workers that you don't see on television probably fly, fly home if they're not doing NXT, and then they got to fly back out on a Thursday to make a Friday Night SmackDown show, not to mention, again, the trucks, the logistics. When you can go from a Monday Night Raw in Long Island, New York, and then have Tuesday Night SmackDown in Boston, it's a real civil commute, and it's a cost-effective measure. And that's what you're going to see from TKO and Endeavor and WWE moving forward. Can I see NXT moving off of Tuesdays? Yeah, I know the plan right now from the internal discussions is to keep NXT on Tuesdays, but I'm telling you right now, I don't see that being realistic. I think WWE got this deal done and they are going to 
talk with the CW about, and if the CW is open to it, moving NXT off of Tuesdays so that SmackDown can roll into Tuesdays. And I know we've talked about the rumors that, Monday, yeah, we'll listen to anybody. We'll move Monday Night Raw. I Yeah, they will. They'll listen to it. But Monday Night Raw is going to stay Monday Night Raw. I mean, could you imagine saying, you know, Thursday Night Raw? I mean, it just doesn't sound right. And I know money talks and bullshit walks. I, I just don't see Monday Night Raw moving. And I think Endeavor TKO WWE is really trying to hammer this down where Raw is on Monday and SmackDown's on Tuesday to make the logistical cost cut. Truthfully. Yeah, uh, I think the NBA is looking for, uh, I don't know, a 50% increase, probably more than that, 50, 60% increase of what they're getting now from Warner Brothers uh, mm-hmm. Discovery. Uh, I know NBC is in uh, discussions there, potentially great interest there to bring the NBA back to NBC. Uh, with that being said, is, I don't know, what did you say? You feel like Monday Night Raw is going to be off USA Network? No, I, I think Monday Night Raw could easily stay on NBC Universal. If they don't go, if they don't stay with it, if they don't stay with NBC and stay on USA Network, uh, who do you think is the number one, uh, the number one choice here? I mean, I see people. I've seen Raj Geary, and I know Justin Labar said something about it. I believe uh, about Monday Night going to a streaming service. Is that viable for them? I don't know how viable that that would be for WWE. It's possible. I mean, again, it's it's truly about money uh, exposure and what they deem uh, an effective, you know, cost of doing business. Uh, you know, it re- again, it really depends. I could see a streaming service making a play. I mean, everyone called me nuts for saying that Sunday Ticket was going to head to one of these streaming platforms, and they went to YouTube TV. YouTube TV offered a ton of money. You know, Google offered them a boatload of money, and they took it. The NFL took it. I think it's all about, you know, who comes with the highest offer and who they, you know, deem uh, the best type of business for them. They're not going to get in bed with just anybody, um, but they'll listen to anybody. And I think if they, if if WWE Endeavor TKO can keep Raw on Monday, uh, and it's a really really solid offer, I think they'll do that and they'll make the push for NBCU to move SmackDown to Tuesdays. Uh, and I I really do believe that that's where we're headed. Uh, you know, I I don't know how many times you know people want to. Move raw off Monday. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see, see, I don't see that either. But uh, getting back to the NXT stuff, uh, Fightful said that we're told the deal has been discussed for months with the CW, well before the rumors of NWA and CW started. WWE side of things said that they felt that things moved very quickly. With one source saying that they were very satisfied with the deal. This was a product they were not receiving rights fees for five years ago, and have increased revenue by millions for something they were already producing. So it goes to what you said earlier, Drew. They were, the reason why they did what they did is for this moment here, and the money that they got apparently uh, on the TKO earnings call, they noted a 70% increase on the rights fees, but WWE sources said that when you factor in the things that they do and all that's included, they see it more like a 200% increase. And as of now, Fightful does not have exact numbers, the claim from Deadline was that it was double the $15 million price tag, and I seen numbers on social media floating around before we went live, 30 to $35 million, uh, for NXT on the CW, man. That is, I don't know how much they were making, bro. I know Melcher said something about USA Network paying $50 million for the rights fee. I, I mean, that can't be true if they're getting $35 million here I think from the CW. 50- I think it was 50 over like four years or something like that. I think I want to say it was like 9 million or okay. 10 million a year. Um, I do believe the deal is worth $175 million for NXT. Right. Holy shit. So I, again, I mean, it could be a little bit less than that. You know, if you're looking at 150, that's still, 
you know, you do the quick math, 150 divided by five years is $30 million a year. Um, so if they're making $10 million now, it's even double or triple that. Could you be looking at a $100 million deal? Sure. I think it's a $100 million plus. And from everything that I've tried to gather, it seems like it's close to 150, 175. We'll see what happens when the numbers actually drop. Um, but again, you know, the NBA, to your, your previous question, the NBA is going to have an effect on who can bid on what. But I don't, I don't see the NBA landing uh, on NBC. If they do, NBCU, if they do, watch ESPN and Disney Viacom yeah. to be a suitable bidder for WWE Monday Night Raw. Well, the WWE product is going to end up on ESPN, I believe, anyway, or something like that with Endeavor, the P- you know. The, the PLEs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. After, that, I mean, after that whole Peacock deal is over, yeah. Yeah, they could easily swoop in and grab Monday Night Raw if for some reason, um, you know, the NBCU goes heavily after the NBA. Yeah. Now, uh, this is crazy. I didn't know $150 million. I don't know where you're getting that from or, or what's being factored into that on top of the $35 million that I'm seeing online. But if it was $35 million, Drew, apparently... You know, the mindset is, just from, from the way I think, the show would probably remain much of the same as we see it now. Now, if you're talking about $150 million, don't you think the quality of the show has to go up? I mean, they should start booking this thing like Big Boy Show now, no? Well, I, I, again, I think you might start seeing different production. And again, that's all what WWE and the CW Endeavor is going to talk about. You know, you want to make your media rights partner happy. And if you just got that type of money, you're going to, you know, do what it takes to make them happy. So if they want to be put in smaller arenas or something like that, maybe that happens. I don't see that as a really viable uh, business plan. Uh, I think that the CW is buying what the WWE brand is right now, the NXT brand. And that is basically a studio show with some top talent and its production level is through the roof. It's basically WCW Saturday night with a much better roster and a much better production. Yeah. Uh, apparently, NWA was taken by surprise with this news, with one saying that they were, bl- they were bl- <laughs> blindsided by it. Well, don't do fucking cocaine on your pay-per-view, dummies. I mean, I, I think NWA was going to be at like 3 a.m., so I don't, I don't know yeah. if the NWA's deal is completely off the table, and why wouldn't the CW want WWE and the NWA? What this could do is if the CW owns both entities, the meteorites, they can kind of run commercials at a no cost price tag of the NWA during WWE NXT. Yeah. Can't do Coke though. No. The one thing that I am looking at as being a huge plus side for this move with WWE going to CW USA network in all, in all reality, Drew is an old network. It's for, it's for old fogies. You know, it's, it's not a young network. CW is a very young network. So the way that WWE has produced NXT and the way WWE has modeled NXT is for a youthful, young audience with the characters and the sex appeal of their women and the certain things that they do down there. They experiment more with character development down there. I feel like it's going to be a great move for them just based on the younger demographic that the CW tends to bring in. So they may actually end up making out like fucking bandits and getting a ratings increase on top of that with the youthful demographic. Dude, I mean, the cross-promotional stuff that WWE and Endeavor could do with the CW and, and their, you know, um, book of business is, yeah, it's, it's the CW is going to make out like bandits. I mean, there's some shows on the CW that I'm sure that some NXT stars will jump over to. And again, it's still the WWE TKO Endeavor brand. They could ask for anybody. They could ask for Roman. 
and WWE could just say no. But if you don't ask, you'll never get an answer. And the CW is going to ask for some talent. And they'll probably get majority of their requests. Yeah. Shifting gears to uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw happened last night in Wilkes-Barely, alive, Pennsylvania. Uh, I didn't like the crowd uh, reaction for most of the show last night. But we did get some major developments as far as Survivor Series and War Games. Now, we did get a rumor a couple of weeks ago from WrestleVotes saying that the War Games match rumored to be staying on one show, meaning Raw will get the men's War Games match and then the ladies will probably get it on SmackDown. I did not agree with that, Drew. And after last night's show, I was absolutely against that. And coming out of Crown Jewel, after seeing some of the things that happened on Crown Jewel, I was even more against that being on Raw only with Cody's team against just the Judgment Day. How did you feel with the War Games match being announced, just being on Raw? And do you feel, are you in my camp here where I feel like the bloodline needs to be a part of this? Do you feel like they're necessary? Or do you feel like the bloodline can miss this match at the end of the day? No, I think you take the opportunity to put the bloodline in everything you possibly Absolutely. can. Absolutely, that's so, my line of thinking. I mean, even so, even without Roman, they should still be there. Yeah, so I think that's a miss, but we don't really know where this is headed yet. First of all, it seems like it's four on four, right? Yeah. But Rhea called in some favors to Roman and the bloodline, yeah. so now does Roman be like, hey, you owe us, so we want Solo and you know Jimmy in the, the War Games match? And also, normally it's five on five, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, yes so, it is. I think that's a shoe-in for Randy. Everyone's going to be clamoring for Punk, Phil Brooks. I don't see it. I've said this for months. I do not see CM Punk wrestling in a match at Survivor Series at the All-State Arena. And I said that again. I do not see him wrestling. Well, I mean, uh, you you mentioned it. We'll get back to the Raw War Games thing. You mentioned Punk, and I know a lot of people are uh, getting their hopes on Punk, and uh, there was something that happened in the community. Apparently, there was a report going around from Boozer Wrestling. I mean, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Apparently, everybody's got a fan base. Sap and him were going back at it on on social media. I stay out of that shit, but I see it. Apparently, Boozer thinks or has been reporting that Punk met with WWE Board of Directors. There are only two Board of Directors that we should really concern ourselves with. That's Vince McMahon and Nick Khan. So if his reporting is correct... Punk met with Nick Khan and Vince McMahon about a possible possible return to the WWE. Do you see that being the case? I call bullshit on that. I do think, like you said, that the only place for him to go is WWE. That's he's not going anywhere else. They're the only people that are gonna that are gonna pay him. But you and I, I think, are both in agreement. Everybody's expecting Survivor Series. We've been there, done that. Why not just wait for the Royal Rumble? That's the best place to return to Phil Brooks. Yeah, um, I mean, if we're talking about potential returns, yeah. I mean, AEW really milked the Chicago stuff with CM yeah. Punk to, I think, to its to, to its nth degree. Now, obviously, would it have a massive reaction? Sure, building's already sold out. People are expecting CM Punk, which I think they should temper their expectations. So to your point, yes, I think uh, the Rumble is where I would do it. Uh, also, if you're having a returning Randy Orton, you really don't want to mix and match the CM Punk and Randy Orton stuff like Randy's been away for a while and they're going to let Randy's their one of their guys. So they're going to let Randy get that shine. Um, Not only that, you got two war games matches happening and that's going to take the shine away from a lot of things on that show. Right. Right. Uh, the other thing that I will say is that, you know, to Boozer and sap, um, 
what does Kermit say about all this? Like, here's the thing, right? <laughs> Ribbit. Right. I mean, it's no disrespect, but I mean, like, I said this on social media. Nobody knows what the fuck is going no! on until that man shows up. And I can tell you this right now. There, if CM Punk met with the board of directors, would I be surprised? No, they should. He should meet with the board of directors and we they should kick the tires and see what Phil wants. And Phil should see what WWE wants. The CM Punk brand and entity is still a very marketable entity and a one that I would want on my roster. And if he could behave and stay out of trouble. And I think that that roster over in WWE, I've never met, I'll scratch that. I know the roster in WWE is a mature one. They will not put up with his garbage. And again, a short-term deal, six months, see how it goes. You get a big name at WrestleMania, another big name at WrestleMania. I do it. Um, but again, to everybody being like, oh, well, Boozer and this guy and that, I'm sorry, but nobody knows until he shows up on television, he being CM Punk, Phil Brooks. They're going to keep that very tight-lipped because they don't, WWE does not want this type of shit rotting their locker room before anything even happens. Yes, that's a very they, good, that's a very good point. They want, WWE wants to be the first people to be like, okay, everybody, listen, tonight, and they won't do this, but it, they, tonight, Phil Brooks, CM Punk is coming back, but they won't. They won't do that because they never have. You know, I'm sure he'll tell some people and then maybe the word will get out. Who the hell knows? But realistically, they don't want this. They don't want to rot the locker room from the inside out before he even shows up. You know, could Triple H have a sit-down meeting, Paul Levesque, and say, we're talking. We'll see where things go. I just wanted to let you guys all know. Does anybody have anything to say? That's possible. But they're not going to be like, hey, Phil's back. All right, everybody. He'll be back in three weeks. And, and, then it gets out. And, and to Drew's point, the dirt sheets, no matter how acclaimed Sap is and respected Sap is in the community, he doesn't know. Meltzer doesn't know. Mike Johnson doesn't know. They're going to get information from people that, you know, whether they know or not, are not going to tell them what's going on. There are only a handful of people that know what Phil Brooks is doing, whether it's at Survivor Series, for a WWE return in general, or the Royal Rumble, whatever. It's Phil Brooks. April, his wife, Larry, the, Larry, his dog, Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Nick Khan. And that is it. And you are I'm not, not going to hear sure a fucking peep. You don't think Vince would know? I don't know if they're going to consult Vince on, on bringing people in and out. Nick Khan. Nick Khan. That's oh, yeah. all we need. Yeah. You know? And, and Paul Levesque, because he's got to yeah. work with them. He's creative with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and again, you know, a uh, comment here, WWE mature audience left my... I'm talking about the locker room, dipshit. I'm talking about the locker room. That is not a locker room that's going to take shit from Phil Brooks that you think that Seth Roman, Kevin Owens, Sammy Zayn. I mean, all these people, they are all mature men. They are not going, this is not the same locker room. He was in 10 years ago. He being CM Punk, Phil Brooks, and it's a decade to when he left. Okay. Yeah. So do I think it's a possibility? Yes. And I, I'm not going to sit here and defend um, all these people, but I will say this about Sean. Sean has never flat out said Sean Ross has never flat out said that the CM Punk WWE deal is dead. Sean has really sat back and been like, as of right now, there is no ongoing discussions, which is a safe play by Sean. And Sean knows that because things can change on an instant. That's what? why you never tie your name. Hey, Punk is 100% coming back. Like Boozer and Kermit and whomever else. If they're claiming this and it doesn't happen, they're shot. Shot. I don't know, guys. You know, it's it's something that I want to have happen because we've talked about it. 
you know, I want the chaos. Obviously, I'm a content creator. When Punk's name is in the title, when Punk's name is on the thumbnail, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, views. And that's what we're here for. You know, I will tell you that the Adam Copeland signing, sorry to cut you off, probably lit a fire under both Triple H and Endeavor to be like, okay, all right, we'll go get Phil. You, you think you think that's a case? Because I, I I read that uh, in certain some circles that that wouldn't be the case. Like they didn't really give a shit if he went over there or not. You know, they didn't really have any value for him anymore. So go do what you want to do. You think that's a retaliation move to get Punk now in WWE? I don't think WWE is playing checkers. I think they're playing chess. Whereas AEW sometimes is making signings just to make signings. I feel. Yeah. I feel like the WWE when when Copeland went over there. A lot of things that were reported were 100% correct. They didn't really have creative and wish them the best. Those are not lies. But in the back of your head, let's just use an example. Your wife of 25 years, who you gave everything to, walks out the door and has a new boyfriend. And you can realistically take the person that was a show was created for and helped drive ratings did the biggest ratings in AEW history, one of the biggest pay-per-view buys in AEW history, if not the, and you could bring them back over here, and we could show you who the real fucking game in town is? Yeah, I yeah. think it happens. Yeah, I think it happens, too, just based off that. I, sa- I said for, for multiple videos, you don't think Triple H, especially, you know, someone like that who wants to take the knife in Tony Khan's back and dig it a little deeper, you don't think he's foaming at the mouth to get CM Punk on television with a live microphone? You know, stay, 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 stay within the boundaries, but go out there and fucking, you know, just stick that knife in there a little deeper. Go it's not just Copeland. He took Tony Storm. He took uh, Keith Adam Lee. Cole. Keith Lee. Swerve. Swerve. I mean, there are so many things that Tony jumped on because smartly. Yeah. Tony Storm is a gem. Okay. Smartly, Tony Khan jumped on them because Vince was gutting. WWE and some and and they were just looking at this and they're like nope net negative nope net negative get rid of them and Tony benefited now tables have turned yeah time for Triple H and Paul Levesque and WWE to benefit if CM Punk can be controllable yeah. controlled chaos love it I'm here for the controlled chaos I'm here for the views I'm here for the fucking uh, revenue that will earn off CM Punk I want him to be back on television I think television is better with him back do I like the attitude that he projected in AEW? No. But who knows what the reason was for his attitude and his and his projections towards the rest of the locker room. We don't fucking know what happened back there, but I'm a fan. I don't give a fuck what happened back there. I'm just calling what I see in the dirt sheets and what I see based on Twitter and what we are hearing on social media. But I want him back on television. I don't give a shit where it happens, when it happens. I think it should happen. I think it will happen. I think the Royal Rumble is the best bet for it. That's just my opinion there. Uh, war, ga- war games. Um... I know if we stay the course here, Drew, with with the Raw War Games, Cody, Sammy, I didn't really expect Seth to be a part of War Games after Crown Jewel. I would not have minded another Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins match for the world title. Don't know, I, don't know why we're going that route. But like like I said on Raw, my Raw review last night, and like you said here five minutes ago, you know we still have three weeks. Anything can change here. But I feel like with the team set in stone, uh, it should be coming out of Crown Jewel. What do you do with LA Knight? What do you do with Solo Sokoa? What do you do with Jimmy Uso? If they are not a part of this match, you're just going to conveniently leave them off of Survivor Series? I can't see that happening. Uh, you know, the the Solo just got one of the biggest wins in his his career. And John did right by 
the business and everything else like that. If John Cena is stepping away for a little bit, it seems like he is, seems like he's going to go back to Hollywood and good for him. And solo now has a little bit of a rocket attached to him. Um, and that being solo by himself, not the bloodline. Um, I think it is a miss for solo not to be, and, and Jimmy not to be a part of the war games match, uh, because they are two extremely viable and uh, marketable entities that have had major storyline implications across the board. Uh, we do not currently know if everything is going to pan out the way it is in terms of set participants in the war games match. I think we have a couple more weeks of television to find that out and we could see some moving pieces. Could John Cena, if Hollywood, could he be a member of team Cody uh, in war games? Maybe he replaces Seth. Maybe Seth gets challenged by drew and all that other stuff. I think there's a lot of moving pieces that we don't know yet. Uh, could they keep the stay the course and go this way? Sure. But then what are we doing with solo at survivor series? Because not having the, the entire bloodline on that card is an absolute miss for me. Yeah. What do you do with LA Knight? LA Knight has every reason to right. get back into the bloodline mix because he was screwed out of the world championship on Saturday afternoon. Him being on team Cody makes all the sense in the world. And right now he's not a part of that. What do you do with LA Knight? You're not going to leave LA Knight off of Survivor and, Series. And you can miss me with John and LA Knight taking on Solo and Jimmy. Nope. Fuck that. We've seen that already. Right. No thanks. I mean, I don't care if you make it a tables match, uh, your mom on a pole match. I don't want to see it. John Cena, LA Knight, and AJ Styles versus Roman, Solo, and Jimmy. Fuck off with that. Who gives a yeah, shit? No. No. Nobody cares again, about that. You have, I think a lot of people need to understand like the focus is war games. That's what it is. So if these major stars aren't in war games, cool. Look at what WWE already started to announce. There's an intercontinental title match. There's a women's yep. title match already on the show. I mean, could you have Logan Paul and Ray have a little bit of unfinished business here? Where is that headed at Survivor Series? Could you do a tag match? Are we going to see a Santos turn? All that other stuff. But realistically, like if John's gone, Solo's not in war games, what what is what is Solo and Jimmy doing? And what is LA Knight doing? I don't know. Miss That's, me with a tag match, though. This is this this is the the reason why I was so adamant about bloodline has to be a part of this, whether Roman is there or not. If Roman is missing Survivor Series, you could still get the bloodline involved and do Jimmy, Solo, Priest, Finn, and JD McDonough against Cody, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn. Uh, L.A. Knight, and then you can have the mystery guy be Randy Orton, which I think would fit perfectly because he's yeah. probably seeking revenge on the bloodline. That works perfectly, and I think that should be the War Games match. Hopefully, we do find our way there. I was thinking after Saturday, Drew, maybe we get Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre again for the World Championship. I thought they had the match tonight on Saturday. I don't mind that, and I mean, if everyone's you know everyone's sitting back and they're like, well, give me Solo and L.A. Knight. We've seen it already. We saw it on SmackDown. That's not a PLE match. Right, and what implications does L.A. So if, if L.A. Knight wins, he gets another world title shot? No, L.A. Knight had his moment. I, I, I do think we need to either have L.A. Knight in war games where he could try and extract some revenge on the bloodline in Roman, or we just really need to move away from the whole L.A. Knight Roman stuff. Roman does not have to wrestle at Survivor Series. He can have the bloodline do his bidding. That's yeah. fine. He will be in attendance. But I do think that, again, when the focal point is war games, if you are going to have L.A. Knight, Solo, and Jimmy do something else, it's a miss because no one's going to give a shit about it. No, nobody's going to give a shit at all. Uh, so hopefully they do fix that. Figure it out, I've been saying. Figure that out. Uh, that's the best way to go about it. They did announce the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line. Gunther will defend against Miz 
at the pay-per-view. Now, on paper, you're probably looking at that as a complete misfire, and uh, Gunther's going to wipe the floor with the Miz. But I said, Drew, believe it or not, you're not going to believe what I said last night. Uh, Miz, I can't stand him as a babyface. I think he's one of the worst offensive wrestlers in the history of the company. But every time you look at the Miz, he's got the look of somebody that wants to let all his doubters fucking just eat shit. And I do feel like we're going to get some low-key classic at Survivor Series with Miz and Gunther, man. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued on, on, on top of everything that we've seen with Gunther, how Miz is actually going to work with Gunther during this, this, this run. And I, I think he's going to just surprise the fuck out of everybody, man. I really do. I think a lot of wrestling fans and, you know, a lot of the people watching this right now, all 1,700 of you, which we thank you, make sure you hit that like button, I need to understand that their plans for Gunther are obviously big plans. Yeah. And him and Miz, Gunther and Miz, having a little bit of a program here, is going to test Gunther's promo skills live in front of an audience, and it's going to be a verbal jousting. And if Gunther can hang, he's not going to beat Mike. He's not no, going to beat no, Miz. No. But if he can hang, then that's the last box that WWE checks. Royal Rumble winner beating Seth at WrestleMania. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They have WWE always has a purpose. They always do. So just sit back. I know it might not be what we It's not what I wanted, truthfully. I would rather have seen Gable. Gable. Right. Yeah. Gable win that Intercontinental Championship. But just sit back, see what's going to happen. And if Gunther can hang with Miz verbally, sky's the limit with that yeah. guy. The other match that we got announced was Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. Again, on paper, not really interested in it. Uh, it's tough to get invested in Zoe when they paired her after the Trish Stratus ordeal with Shayna. Not really doing much of anything. Nobody expects Rhea to lose the championship. What do you think about that match, Drew? I know it's an undercard match, and most of these matches are going to be forgotten by the end of the night because of everything else going on with War Games and a possible Orton return and, you know, the whole punk uh, fiasco, possibly. Um, you know, nobody expects Rhea to lose. What, what do you think of this match? And I, I understand that they need to build superstars, but Zoe, I know, I know management loves her, but where's it going to go, really? Well, I think, again... Keeping Rhea out of war games was smart because of, you know, yeah. her previous injuries and everything else like that. And they're protecting their investment because uh, that match is very, very dangerous at times, um, most of the time. And I think that, you know, Rhea's not losing until yeah. WrestleMania. And I just think that, you know, anybody who goes against her right now is people are just writing off. And that person who gets that shot at WrestleMania 40, whomever that may be, I think everybody will be like, this might be it. And I think that's what they're doing. I think they're really building it. And you know what? If it's Zoe at 40, then I think people are going to be like, listen, I know she had a, a rough go the first time, but she might win at 40. I mean, it's WrestleMania. So they're, what they're doing is they're keeping Rhea stock high. And yes, she's she's had some carcasses laid behind her because of what she's had to do, but that's the nature of the business. And that was uh, Monday Night Raw. Nothing really happened on uh, on Friday night leading into Crown Jewel. Just more of the same stuff. So uh, we will uh, spare you from the SmackDown talk. I'm actually looking forward to SmackDown this Friday based on Kyrie's return and how they build the women's war games match because that's basically and where Cena. they're and, and Is Cena, Cena going to show up? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if Cena is uh, still with the WWE. Is Roman going to be on the show with the rumor of him missing Survivor Series? Is there going to be a Judgment Day bloodline partnership? What's going to happen with the Judgment Day and Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso? They got the tag team match on Monday night next week. Sammy and Seth Rollins at the main event last night. What did you think about that for the world title? 
You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought that Sammy getting that world title shot really lends um, Seth into being like the ultimate fighting champion and doing right uh, and just enduring himself to the fans. And I really uh, endearing himself to the fans. And I really feel like he, Seth has continued to shine and Sammy getting a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of a rub here. Like, Hey, you're in the main event for the world title on raw. I don't think that's the last time we see Sammy get that opportunity. Um, I don't, the one thing that I didn't like, like it was really a really, really good match. So if I'm going to nitpick here, it seemed like, which we kind of all understood that it was basically like a vehicle to get to war games. Yeah. And that I felt kind of took away from Sammy's moment, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in the future for Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn will be a world champion in 2024. That's my prediction. Uh, who he takes it off oh. of. I think him and Gunther would have an absolutely phenomenal feud. I think that's the guy to take it off of. The promo before the match solidified yeah. Sammy and the possible direction they're yeah. going to head. That's what everyone should be talking about. The match was what the match was. It was a vehicle to get to war games. But man, Sammy's promo before the match that opened Raw with Seth was absolute gold. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got on my end, man, unless you got something uh, on your end there as far as news. I don't know if you have anything uh, else. I had one piece. We kind of yeah. covered, uh, covered it, but let me see if there was anything else that I have. I don't think so. I think that was it. Yeah. I don't have anything. Um, oh, I wanted your opinion. Did the Women's Battle Royal seem like there was a, a screwed up finish to you? Uh, no, the, the screwed up finish felt like it was in the fatal four with the men for the IC title, that double pin with Ricochet and, uh, right. Ivar, Miz and Bronson Reed. I thought that was, uh, apparently there was a report saying that, that, that was a botch, but the, the women's battle Royal was actually not bad. Uh, I usually hate battle Royals, but I thought it was, uh, pretty decent. Ivy Nile was in there. She got some rub. Uh, the creeds wrestled, uh, Champa and Gargano, which I did not like. A, crowd reaction, non-existent. B, they booked two babyface teams only to have the heel in Kaiser uh, help the Creeds win. And then the casual audience thinks that the Creeds were fucking heel in the match. I mean, come on. Uh, I didn't really like that. But, uh, yeah, I thought Raw was uh, effective for war games. Yeah. I don't have anything else that you, you asked both of my questions. All right. There you go. Guys, we are... Uh, on our way out in just a little bit, we got some donations and super chats to get into. We really appreciate you hanging out with us on Tuesday night. I know you got your NBA. I know you got your NXT, but we had almost uh, we had almost 1,700 plus in here, man. Over 1,700 at one point in here uh, on a Tuesday night for TNT episode number 21. If you guys do enjoy what we do here, man, a thumbs up would be greatly appreciated. It helps out the video in the algorithm on YouTube. So hit that thumbs up. we got 616 likes. I'd love to see at least 1,000. Super Chats are open. The longer you guys want us here, it's going to be up to you. Get them in. And follow us on social media, at JD from NY206 and at Andrew Baydala on X. Tyler with a 199. Vince really fell into the trap of Endeavor. L-M-A-O. Yeah, something. i seen uh, a news article about Vince saying that he's... Uh, once again, a liability or something along those lines. And he was added in that uh, that portion of some sort of uh, wording. Oh, I don't know. Yes, I was going to talk to you about this. So I'm glad the question. Uh, according to the SEC filing, McMahon's board membership could lead to negative publicity and could have adverse financial and operational impacts. Furthermore, the filing says that McMahon could open the company up to additional scrutiny or otherwise exaggerate the other risks described. No shit. JD, 
No well, shit. Yeah. But does <laughs> I mean it almost signif- it, it's signaling the end, I believe, for Vince McMahon. Good. You ain't gonna find a happier guy in the community than me, right here. Love it. Good. That's that's a long time coming. It, it, feel, it feels like they kind of suckered him into a deal and then fucking booted him out. That's, that's the way it seems to be. He's gonna get his money, he's gonna sell his shit. I know, I know. He's he's gonna be fine. He did shave his mustache off, though. Thank God. Uh, thank you, Tyler, with the 199. MGM balling with the 499. Really rough mental day today. Beyond grateful for both of you doing this every Tuesday. It gives me an escape. So thank you to TNT. Yeah. Thank you, MGM. And hopefully you feel better, man. We all go through are, tough rental, mental days, man. I do as well. You are welcome. We all go through that. And that's what this is all about. That's what professional wrestling and sports entertainment is also all about. Sit back and just enjoy. Take a break from the harsh reality that is this world. Sham World with a 10. I think the Sammy vs. Rollins Raw main event was a huge miss. That should have main evented Survivor Series. War Games with no stipulation is kind of meaningless. No Roman, so a 30-minute classic would hit. Uh, I don't agree, Sham World. I think they actually played it very well with Sammy helping Seth at Crown Jewel by stopping a cash-in from Damian Priest and Seth Rollins, the champion, being a fighting champion, giving back to Sammy and rewarding him with a championship match. Hey, you did me a solid. I'm going to do you a solid. Yeah. I, th- I think it works, and uh, Sammy needed to be a part of War Games, not wrestling for a world championship. I also see a lot of people asking or saying that they think the time is right for Damian to cash in that contract during the War Games match yeah. or after the War Games match. you agree? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no perfect place to do it than that. I mean, I think that would uh, create a nice level of intrigue we have not seen in War Games yet. Mm-hmm. Phantom 67 with three months. TNT and Yellow Dog. Chase my tail, pal L. Nice. As long as it's cold, brother. Mm-hmm. Phil with a $20 super chat. When Drew says you two are the best in the business, he's 100% right. Nobody better. JD, you know you were an inspiration for me to start my own podcast, and it shows like this that make me more motivated. Keep changing the game. Phil, thank you, brother. Me and uh, Drew really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for the kind words. Deontay with a 499. I'm starting to think that some of AEW's recent decisions, hot shotting Omega, MJF, signing Flair, etc., is Warner Brothers having a say on AEW creative. It could be, man. What do you think about that? I think Tony really doesn't answer to many people, so I don't I don't think so. I think what Tony's doing is looking at numbers and stuff like that, and he's making decisions based off what he can get his ratings over a certain amount. And obviously, you know, Flair showing up, a surprise, a major announcement. I will say this. Tony needs to stop which we didn't talk about tony needs to stop hyping major announcements yeah. when you announce an all-in ticket sales nobody gives a shit yeah don't do that what did wwe do when they announced bash in berlin they put out a statement on social media left it at that michael cole or whoever the commentator was at the time uh might have been cole on raw said something in passing on the live program and that was it you yeah, don't need you to go out to- there you start to insult, yeah. you know, your audience's intelligence, and they start. It's almost the boy who cried wolf. And yeah. I like Tony. He's, you know, I, I get what he's trying to do, but it's going to start falling on deaf ears. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Thank you, Deontay. Uh, Sue with a five. JD Drew, do you think AEW will sign Mercedes? Well, uh, we think that she's already signed, Sue. Um, so I hope that uh, is the case because I miss Mercedes on TV. She also says, I mean, adding her, will it help the women's division? Uh, best duo, drink up, guys. I have a liquid death, armless Palmer, ice cold. Mm. Thank you. I love that. It's a great beverage. Um, will she help the women's division? It's up to the creative department. I don't know. Mercedes is not going to be able to do it on her own. 
Theme parks and things with Johnny with a $5 super chat. Don't forget Darby crashed on his shoulder doing Nitro Circus, JD and Andrew. Uh, yes, I saw that. And then he beats uh, Lance Archer on collision. Real believable there. Michelle Moran with a two dollar super chat. No reason to, no reason given as to why Roberts is after Darby. Of course not. I'm not expecting an explanation. But the elitists on the AW side don't really seem to care. So the cake with a five dollar super chat. I wish more people in wrestling had Julia's level of presentation. She has it down, and her IG posts are next level. I did not figure out. I, I only figured out. I did not know that she is half Japanese and half Italian. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And she doesn't really okay. speak fluent English, but uh, she'll learn that in WWE, I'm sure. Okay. Theme parks and things with Johnny $5 Super Chat. Comcast just got $8.6 billion from Disney, so they got money to get the NBA and WWE Raw if they want. Is that true? That's correct. Oh, wow. I believe it was $8.6 I'll look it up right now, though. Yes. That's crazy. Uh, a bad seed called Sash with 15 months. NWA screwed NWA. Yes, they did. Don't do cocaine on television, folks. Disney did reach an $8.6 billion deal with Comcast to fully acquire Hulu. Done. Wow. Okay. Hulu has live sports. Okay. Man, things are going to get very interesting next year. Chris Tiger Harris with a four months. WWE has worked with, the, with CW before. Saturday Morning Slam, the funniest wrestling program ever. I did not watch. I don't even remember what it was. Steven Casson with a 999. Last good dynamite was the one on Tuesday. Seems like they just booked to rival each other instead of just putting out a good show unique to the company. There are about four good stories in wrestling today. I don't know who AEW is trying to rival this week. Clearly, they're not rivaling anybody. The, the elitists, once again, think this is a great show. Meanwhile, it has nothing to do with last week's show. Uh, yeah. What do we got? We got uh, Desires with 199. Punk's WWE alum profile got updated 22 hours ago. Who said that? Desires with a 199 Super Chat. Drew's looking into it. His oh, alumni I profile got updated to what? His current picture? Why, why, why would they update that? Who cares? John Tent, how do you guys know that? John 10 with a 199. I think War Games will be the same with Orton and Drew, possibly. We could see that happen. I would not. Drew on one side, Orton on the other. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen. I think the bloodline needs to be involved. Uh, Cake with a $5 Super Chat. This is just me, but I feel WWE signed Logan Paul's response after Punk signed with AEW. Can the locker room handle both in WWE? What? No, no WWE signed Logan Paul because he's got 98 million Instagram followers. That's why. And the impressions they get and everything else like that. Yeah. Come on. Marcus Sido with a 499. Rank each shield member. How? I'm gonna go Roman, Moxley, Seth. Roman, Seth, Moxley. Okay. Michelle with the two dollar super chat. What do you do with KO for Survivor Series? It's a good question. Good question. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good question. Uh, we talked about this last week. I think Kevin Owens and Logan Paul are going to have a United States title match at the Royal Rumble. That's the way I see Love it playing that. out. But again, you could miss me with KO and uh, LA Knight taking on Solo and Jimmy. No thanks. Yeah, no, no thank you. Uh, and I think Logan Paul and Ricochet continue their business at Survivor Series. I think we team Ricochet and Ray versus Logan and Dominic. I think that's what should be done. 
Uh, Furious Nation with a 25 months. What's up, guys? Another banger, TNT. And again, best duo. And glad to be a member for 25 months. Here's to another 25. Thank you, brother. Will, Will Chisholm with a 10. Triple H trying to rebuild the women's division already. Uh, trying to get Julia and bring back Kyrie. You know you gotta love it. I think if Vince didn't get back in the weeds, hurt the chance to do it. Yeah, Triple H has always been a huge proponent of women's wrestling, and he's got a specific style that he likes. You could see that, you know, with Zoe and Shayna and Rhea, you know, getting uh, ample TV time. He's got a, He's definitely got a look, for sure. Jeremy with a 25 months. Another great show, guys. Keep up the amazing road. 25 months in my mother's basement and many more to come. Thank you, brother. And two from Furious Nation, a $5 and a $5. He says, can you believe on this day six years ago where AJ Styles ended Jinder Mahal's reign of terror? And man, Paul Heyman burying Jinder on Raw never gets old. And also, I also seen the report not too long ago regarding Vince being a liability to Endeavor. Puts a big, big smile on my face, to be honest. Hashtag get him out. And then Zachary with the one. I'm sorry, Drew, go ahead. Don't wish for anyone's demise. I get it. But Vince gave you guys a lot, a lot of yeah. memorable moments. Yeah. That's going to be the go-to. Let's not hate on him too much. You know, he, we owe him a lot. You know, get out. Zachary with a 199. Dirt sheets are full of shit. Watch the show. Yes. Yes, I agree. And Furious with another 10. Thank you, brother. Uh, I know it's two months away, but who would you guys both put in the final four of both Royal Rumbles? Jesus Christ. Gunther? Yes. Cody? Solo, Cody. LA Knight? Yeah, done. Women? Oh, Jade? I don't know. Jade? Sure. Liv? Sure. Becky? Becky? And Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton. Okay, that works. Uh, LJ with a 28 months. OTS for Life Collision is taped this week. Shaking my head. I don't give a fuck. I'm not watching it. Whatever. I'll watch it on uh, Sunday when I got nothing to do. Uh, that's all I got, man. JD, Sunday is football. Fuck. I don't watch football, man. Now, you you your, Jets, your Jets are doing pretty well. All right, we're out of time, folks. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any last words before we get out of here, man? The Jets. The Jets suck, man. Thank, thank you, everybody. I truly appreciate it. I love doing this show. Is an escape from reality, and thank you for all your support. Jets suck. Ronald Acuna for MVP this week, huh? Whatever. Follow me and Drew on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo, at Andrew Baydala on X, Twitter. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, go check out the content on the channel. Plenty of it for you. And I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe, maybe not with Jesse. Jesse's ill. Shout out to Jesse. Get well, brother. And uh, I will see you guys, whether I'm with Jesse or not, live tomorrow night after AEW Dynamite right here on OTS. I will see you guys later.